Well, good afternoon, everyone. We are here. I do thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio, coming your way over 1590 AM dial WARV. 92.7 FM, don't forget about that. Also on Facebook at New Hope CC. No, no, where are we on Facebook? New Hope Radio. That's easy enough. New Hope Radio on Facebook. I want to remind you also, these programs are always a podcast. So you can go to our, our website at newhopecc.tv. Or you can go to Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, wherever they play podcasts. And you can get our radio shows there. On demand. That's over there. On demand. So uh, get a friend to listen as well because it's good to hear the word of God whenever you're ready. Well, we got a good topic today. I think it might take two days to finish this topic, today and tomorrow. And it's an issue that, oh boy, I think is very common. We're going to talk about overcoming your hurtful past. How do you do that? You know, a hurtful past is not usually something that we brought on ourselves, though maybe it could have been, but in many cases it's not. And God wants us to be overcomers, that's for sure. He doesn't want us to live the defeated life. He wants us to be overcomers in this life. So we're going to talk about that today in the life of Joseph, possibly tomorrow as well. But before we do, how many of you that listen to New Hope Radio, and I'm glad that you do, thank you, are members of the Hope Club? Because we want to share the Word of God with you. The Hope Club is... uh, A group of people that support New Hope Radio for $3 a week. And you get devotionals in your email box, audio files, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you get a Tuesday challenge to apply what you're hearing. I'm going to share with you today's devotional because I kind of like it. This week, every week we have a theme. This week our theme is ordinary people. How God uses ordinary people. Monday we talked about Mary and Joseph. Ordinary people, right? God used them to bring the Savior into the world. Then we had a Tuesday challenge about the quality that they possessed. And you know what that quality was? They were available. And the Tuesday challenge was to be available to God. See what He's got for you. Maybe it's a one-time event. Maybe it's a lifelong commitment. I don't know. But be available to God. Today I'm going to share with you today's, uh, this morning's devotional on ordinary people. It's about Matthew, and so just sit back and hope you enjoy it. And if you're not a member of the Hope Club, maybe this will motivate you to become a member. Clubbers, you're looking pretty good, making it through the week, you're doing okay. We're looking at ordinary people this week. Today, we're going to take a look at a guy named Matthew. Oh yeah, you know Matthew, right? Everybody heard of Matthew. Matter of fact, Matthew even wrote a gospel, an account of the Lord's life. Who would have thought that Matthew would have amounted to to being a gospel writer, an apostle. Before he knew Jesus, he was a nothing. 
He wasn't much at all. He had a lot of money, but he didn't have any friends. But when he met Jesus, oh yeah, remember he was available and everything changed. We're going to pick up his story in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Seems like he's writing about himself. That's okay. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax office. Now, the tax office wasn't this nice air-conditioned office with windows and, you know, comfy furniture, leather high-back chair. No, it was a booth, basically. There's a booth on the road. A guy that's ripping off his own people. He's dishonest. And Jesus says, follow me. It's like, I want you to be one of my disciples. I'm like, are you kidding? You would think Jesus would go to the synagogue and find some nice holy boys to be his disciples. No. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't have any holy boys at all to be his disciples. But you know what he did find? He found the boys that he could change. Because you see, Jesus is in the business of changing people and changing hearts. That's what he does the best. He changes the hearts of people. And you know what they become? Different people. So he sees Matthew in the booth. He says, Matthew, I want you to come with me. Follow me. You won't believe what Matthew did. <laughs> he rose and he followed him. He didn't even give two weeks notice. He didn't even go tell the Romans, you know what, I think I'm going to retire. He got up, he left the booth, he said, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. Now, he probably heard about Jesus. He probably heard some of the teachings of Jesus, and they touched his heart. And you know what he found when he met Jesus? A better deal. A better deal in life. Because that's what he does, you know. Christ offers everybody a better deal and if they're willing to follow him things will always turn out better again Jesus calls ordinary people people that go to work every day Matthew went to work every day sat in his little tax booth collected money but he, he had a quality very similar to Mary he was available he was available to Jesus to let Jesus come into his life and say, you know what? If you follow me and if you trust me, things will turn out better than you ever imagined. And you know they did. And here we are, reading Matthew's story 2,000 years later. He wrote the biography of Jesus. I mean, what, a, what, a, what an incredible outcome. What a privilege God gave to Matthew. He wrote the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Ordinary people, that's all they are. That's why these devotionals this week are so important to us, because we're ordinary people too. You have no idea the plans God's, God has for you if you make yourself available to Him. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love Jesus? 
hang on to your hat. Because if you love him, you follow him. And if you follow him, he's going to use you mightily. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Set your sights on being available to God. That's what that challenge is about this week. God, here I am. Use me. Continue to make yourself available to the Lord. Well, there you go. I like those devotionals. Great way I start the day off. I listen to them myself in the morning. First thing in the morning. They're in the box at 5.30 in the morning. So if you like something like that and get you started off on the right foot, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, go to the website, newhopecc.tv, click the giving button, go down to uh, the online giving, click e-giving, and then click radio, fill out your information, commit $3 a week, put in your email, like every Friday, right? Just like send off $3. And how easy is that? And we'll put you in the bank, the email list, the email bank, you know, the data bank, and you'll be in the Hope Club. And you'll get a devotional every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Start the day off on the right foot. Tuesday challenge. I'm like, are you kidding? This is how you draw closer to the Lord. Plus, you're doing a great thing. A lot of people doing a little bit keeps New Hope Radio on the air. And we want to be on the air. I hope you want us on the air. We like being on the air. But we want to be a help. So uh, join the Hope Club. And I think we'll all be better off. You will be. We will be. Everybody. Everybody wins. It's a win-win situation. Okay. All right. Let's get into what we're learning from the life of Joseph and how to overcome a hurtful past. Let's face it. I've noticed in this life, everyone has some degree of a, of a hurtful past. Many people have things that were done to them or maybe things that were said to them. Maybe some things, you know, they just happened to them. And they left wounds and, and scars on many hearts. And I believe that God has noticed this too. And he's given us a way to overcome that hurtful past. So using the life of Joseph, we will see that victory is possible. But not only victory, but here it comes, blessing. Now, here's what we've seen in Joseph so far. He was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers, falsely accused of sexual advances by his boss's wife, forgotten in an Egyptian jail until, here it comes, until it was time for his promotion. Remember, God had a plan for Joseph's life to use him in a mighty way but he had to experience some humbling first. The greater the responsibility, the greater the humility is needed. Oh man, you got to remember that one. The greater the responsibility, the greater the humility is needed. We left off with Joseph in the Egyptian jail when the Pharaoh had a dream. And he, here's what he dreamed. He dreamed of seven fat and healthy cows. And they were grazing in the grass. 
Yeah, having a good old time. <laughs> then, seven skinny, ugly cows. <laughs> they came out of the Nile River. And they ate the seven healthy cows. Wow. That'll get me off spicy food before I go to bed. Then he had another dream. He dreamed seven healthy stalks of grain were growing, and then seven stalks thin and scorched ate up the healthy stalks of grain. Wow! <laughs> Pharaoh was troubled by these dreams. So you know what he did? He called for all of the magicians and the wise men. Hey, listen, you guys, you got to tell me what these dreams mean. They couldn't figure it out. They could not interpret the dreams. They were stuck. They're like, we don't know. I don't know what these things mean. Then you know what happened? The cupbearer. Remember the cupbearer from last time? He was in jail with Joseph, and he had a dream, and Joseph interpreted his dream, and it came true. So the cupbearer, who had his dream interpreted by Joseph in jail, oh, now he remembered that Joseph was you know, pretty good at interpreting dreams. So Pharaoh called for Joseph. He said, hey, I hear you're pretty good at interpreting dreams. Um, I do all right. <laughs> Because God is with him. See, when God is with you, you do all right. So Joseph interpreted. Pharaoh told Joseph the dream. He interpreted it. He said, okay, listen. Here's what this means. There will be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. And that's where we find ourselves in Genesis 41. In verse 32. As for the repeating of the dreams to Pharaoh twice... Because he had two, they were different dreams, but they were similar. Something good was eaten up by something bad in both dreams. First it was cows, then it was stalks of grain. So the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice means that, here's what Joseph said, the matter is determined by God, and it will quickly come about. In other words, God has settled this issue. Because it happened twice, Pharaoh this is really going to happen. It's settled by God. And you know what it makes me think about? makes me think about Jesus and his preaching, where sometimes he would say, Verily, verily. And that meant for a certainty. Oh, yeah. Like, verily means of a truth. So he gave it a kind of a double whammy. This is, you can't argue with what I'm about to say, Jesus is saying. This is really doubly true. So, that's what Joseph said to Pharaoh. He said, now, Pharaoh, here's what you need to do. Verse 33. Let the Pharaoh look for a man who's discerning and wise. Set him over the land of Egypt. Okay? Find a guy that's really smart and put him in charge. And Joseph said, you need to begin to store up grain to prepare for the famine. Because the famine's coming. So now start to store grain, collect it, and store it so it'll get you through the famine. Pharaoh said, hmm, okay, that makes sense. I need to find a guy like Joseph who's in touch with God. Oh, where am I going to get this guy? Where am I going to find somebody like Joseph? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Pharaoh, 
Why do you need to find a guy like Joseph when you've got Joseph? You got the guy. You got the real McCoy. He's right in front of you. Why do you need to go find somebody like him? See, Joseph, in his humility, he didn't say, well, give me a job and I'll oversee it. He said, you got to find somebody like me. Why? Because he was becoming humbled. And, you know, I think sometimes we're like Pharaoh in our churches. We go looking for that which we already have in our own church. Sometimes churches, you know, they need people to step up. They need people to step up and maybe take leadership or maybe help out with the young or maybe help out with worship or you need Bible teachers and maybe an assistant pastor. And how many times the churches go outside the church and maybe they're right there, right there in front of you. And people need to get the message. People in church, you know what? They need to step up. It comes a point when you need to just step up, say, okay, I've been here for a number of years. It's time to step up and fill that gap. Fill that void. You look at your gifts, you look at your talents, and you look at the void, and you say, I can do that. And the Lord is with you. And you become very successful. And you become a blessing to the ministry. So many times the people are already sitting in the church that are, that are uh, where the needs are. The people are there. And the people need to recognize that. Okay? So, okay. Now we're in verse 39. The light went on. Pharaoh said to Joseph, he finally got it. He said, oh, since God has informed you of all this, there's no one so discerning and wise as you are. Pharaoh got it. Why go find somebody like Joseph when I got Joseph right in front of me? So Pharaoh, he not only put Joseph in charge of all the grain, you know what he did? He put him in charge. He made him second in command <laughs> over the whole kingdom. I'm like, are you kidding me? He, he put him in command over the whole, remember Pharaoh? I mean Potiphar? Potiphar put Joseph in command of the whole estate. No one was higher than Joseph except Potiphar. Right? He was in charge of Potiphar's house. Then Joseph ended up in jail. And the jailer put him in charge of the jail. And no one was higher than Joseph except the jailer. Promoted again. Now, <laughs> he's in charge of all Egypt. Whoa, are you kidding? He's in charge of the whole kingdom of Egypt. I would say that God had a pretty good plan for Joseph. Even though he had to go through what he had to go through to get there. Remember what we said. Humility must precede responsibility. You know, God did that with young David, too. You know, David was anointed as a teenager to be king of Israel. But he wasn't ready to be king. He had to grow. He had to mature. He had to develop the qualities of kingliness. And he went through many tests. He really did. And he worked his way up to the point where, okay, he was ready for the kingdom. And he proved that he was ready many, many times. He proved that he was ready by not taking the opportunity to kill King Saul when he could have. He said, no, that's God's anointed. He belongs to God. I will not touch him. Although he wants to kill me, 
I will not touch him. There was a time when this guy Shimei came out in front of David. David's riding out with his men and he's cursing David and spitting at him and throwing sand at him. And David's captain said, do you want me to go cut off his head? Like everybody should have a friend like that. Everybody should have a friend that wants to cut off somebody's head that's antagonizing you. (laughs) And you know what David said? No. No, you can't cut off his head. You know why? Maybe God told him to do that, to work humility in me. Wow. See, if you're going to be promoted, you got to see the big picture. You just can't see you and what you're going through. You've got to see the big picture. That's what David did. He saw the big picture. This is what Joseph is doing. He's seeing the big picture. Humility must precede responsibility. Boy, if you can get that one down, you're going to do okay. Never give up when God is working in your life. As difficult as it might be, God is working. Don't quit. Don't give up. You might find yourself in the pit like Joseph did. You might find yourself sold to a caravan like Joseph did. Find yourself in a strange land. Find yourself in jail. Don't quit. Look at the big picture. Try to recognize the hidden hand of God working in your life. We all have a sense of pride. Now, sometimes pride is good because it makes us do our best, but when pride is bad, when it's off kilter, it's got to be cut down and replaced with humility because God resists the proud. Oh, but he gives grace to the humble. The humble can see the big picture. The humble are teachable. So what's going to happen? Joseph gives the command, and they start storing up grain. They're building barns and silos, and they're storing up grain because now they know, God said it, a famine is coming. Oh, it's going to last for seven years. You ever wonder why nature unleashes itself on man? Maybe it's God. Maybe it's God. This famine was the work of God. You know why? Just like God had a plan for Joseph, he also had a plan for the famine. That God was going to use the famine to bring about his decree. And you know how that worked. We're going to see how that works when we come back. The famine came. And you know what happened? People came from all over to buy grain. Nobody had food. Nobody had grain. Nobody could bake bread. Nobody could make pancakes. Nobody could make waffles. Nobody could make whatever they did with grain. Couldn't do it. There was none. Oh, Egypt had grain. Word got out. You know, word spread. Word spread quickly. Egypt had grain. And you know what happened next? Word got back to Jacob, Joseph's father. There's grain in Egypt. And this is the beginning of phase two in God's plan for Israel. Oh, Joseph is going to say some remarkable things. You're going to say, wow, when a guy speaks like that, it's only because 
He's so close to God. That's the only way. The way Joseph is going to handle this next chapter is only because he's so close to God. And you know, there are some things in our lives that happen, and the only way we can handle them properly is to be close to God. You know, we can't afford to wander away from the Lord. Because when something happens that looks negative, we could see it in the wrong light, and then we evaluate it in the wrong light, and then we respond to it in the wrong light, and it all goes down the drain. But when you stay close to God, oh, He gives you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to think. And you think with God, and you start doing it and handling it the right way. And that's when it works out for the better. And that's what Joseph's going to do. So we're going to pick it up right here where Joseph, his father Jacob, hears that there's grain in Egypt. And you know what he does? (laughs) He sends Joseph's brothers to Egypt to buy some grain. Oh boy, wait for the fireworks. It's only going to get better. Joseph's brother are going to arrive in Egypt. They're going to buy some grain, and Joseph's going to be like, huh, I think I know these guys. But he handles it in a way, oh, he handles it in the most graceful and beautiful and godly way. And you know why? Because he's so close to God. And that's what we need to do, folks. We need to handle things in a beautiful way graceful and godly way and we can only do it when we live our lives very very close to God join me tomorrow we'll be here next time don't forget these are always a podcast get this on 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 our podcast station newhopecc.tv it'll be there just scroll down all the radio shows are there today's will be up there this afternoon Thanks for listening. Don't forget to join the Hope Club. NewHopeCC.tv. Click giving. Click e-giving. Click radio. Commit $3 a week. Come on. That's like a cup of coffee a week. Ice coffee. And we'll get you those emails every day, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, with a Tuesday challenge. You'll help us stay on the air. We'll help you grow in Christ. Okay. Thank you for coming along today. Be safe. Stay cool. And we'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.